Welcome to the Doubt Every Thought Podcast, showing you the simple way of returning to God through forgiveness, knowing thyself, and doubting every thought. If you've been looking for peace in life and want to be a part of the revival, you've come to the right spot. So sit back, relax, and return to God. Hey everyone, welcome to the Doubt Every Thought Podcast. Back to tithing. So, so Jacob, you were talking just about... Um, how you'd just be given to people because you thought they were the chosen ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, yeah. I mean, when I was in the in the standard Christian church, I would give, um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be um, legalistic about it. I would, I would give because to, to me, like I really uh, did want to, right. but I would kind of convince myself. I would be like, well, I can't really win souls or um and this was like my kind of thinking like oh right. we're gonna we're gonna let everybody know about jesus and the world's gonna be better because they know about jesus and we're gonna teach them which is which is now goofy um <laughs> now that i think about it but but um yeah in my mind i i just thought well uh these people are chosen by god and they can influence the world if I just give them a little bit of my money, but it was also this kind of guilt that I had also too, like, well, you know, I'm not the best kind of a Christian, but maybe these people that speak boldly, they they are, and maybe they can do uh, some good with this right. money. And then looking back, it's just ev- literally every single kind of mainstream church that I've, and even like, even, <laughs> even the more recent one, had just right. shown themselves to just be total frauds and right. um and prove that they are in the darkness and don't know anything about um god and and about the resurrection and what the whole purpose of salvation is or or anything like that so it's just interesting yeah. how out of guilt we can give and really uh we we just be better off putting into things that we truly believe in that we like how you say that we see a direct impact in yeah and uh, yes i we we uh, we Everybody knows that, yeah, you can give a certain organizations and they do do good. You know, great. You know, we're not saying not all, but most, right? But I got the same feeling when it comes to giving to like a church. I always kind of felt weird because like the church is this like really nice building or the building's owned by them. And, you know, they, they talk about wanting to do community events and they would do them, but it never really felt, it felt like it was for the church's benefit. Like it wasn't for the people's benefit, you know, so. For other tax write-offs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the, the people who would be giving, it's like what you said there, it's, I think Roy would call it like uh, giving for guilt or guilt for giving. Basically mm. you're just, you're giving for guilt. And I think that's a common thing in um, uh, Catholicism too. You're supposed to give like 10%, I think is, yeah the minimum and it and i i just compare that to now are how we look at things now you know you're talking about the way that the world still operates which is for them to do but i found that now the way that we kind of operate is like doing more direct giving so like i do that on the homestead where i i take the money that i was giving to churches and instead i just route it to the people that i know you know, I set a portion aside and then I see a situation, I trust my intuition and then I apply it in that area. 
And I found that uh, trusting my intuition when it tells me to do that versus doing things out of obligation or doing things because everyone else is doing them. Kind of like what you're talking about, Jacob, about like you go to the church and everybody's giving. So you're kind of guilted in the giving and you're, you, you think that they're the ones who are supposed to do it. Um, now that I give according to what I believe is right, which is just my intuition, which I believe is the Holy Spirit, um, you can actually see the benefit of it. You know, I've seen fence lines go up and I've seen people get out of uh, challenging situations because of the impact. You know, outside of just giving money, it's also giving your time and your effort. And I thought it was just a good thing to talk about initially. That's why I started it so quickly. Um, because we always hear about how you're supposed to give to the church and, you know, just how it seems like you have to convince yourself that they're doing something right with it. When at the end of the day, I mean, we have the mega churches, which you know that's not right. <laughs> it's just a, yeah. it's just football for religious people. Yeah. You know, it's a giant stadium. And, well, and well again, uh, I mean, we have to examine what it means to uh, to find true salvation. To in these kinds of mainstream churches, right. their idea of salvation is you pray a simple prayer, which is like what, like Jesus come into my heart. Blah right, blah blah, right. and uh, and I, I mean, if you just objectively look at the people, I mean, is that really? Did they really experience salvation? Is their life transformed by the renewing of their mind, as right, like the scriptures right. say? Are they, um, you know, what I mean, like, uh, <laughs> have yep. they put off their sin nature and put on like the righteousness of God? Right. No, if we're <laughs> honest, no. <laughs> it, but but that's not. It's not salvation isn't just saying words it's it's deeper than that it's any and even jesus himself said you know um many are called but few are chosen and it's one in one in one thousand two in ten thousand so he's just saying like yeah it's very rare so you guys it's very rare yeah you guys talking about um you know letting everybody know about jesus and that's going to make the world better that that's <laughs> not that's not even biblical i feel like too people who <laughs> Um, there seems to be this religious zealotry when it comes to those who have they feel that they've arrived and that they feel that they need to go and project it onto everybody else so that their faith is secure like the evangelism yeah or, or like I, or pretty much yeah like the whole winning souls part of evangelism yeah it it's never made sense to me but I'm understanding why now because it just I, I feel, and this is maybe, maybe you can help me understand this, but I feel that, you know, it's, it's not our job to verbally go wake up people, you know, to, that's acting like I'm God, like, oh, this person doesn't know Jesus. <laughs> I'm supposed to go to this person and tell them about him, you know, and then you go and talk to them. And even if you convince them, uh, you've convinced them of, to follow you. You didn't mm. convince them of the word within. And I find that the best way to do it is just to live by example. You yeah. know, and so if people want to, if someone's inspired by the works you do, and I'm not talking about, you know, works, you know, people talk about religion and works and stuff. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying, but they feel inspired by your example and they come to you and say, hey, like, how come you're so um, peaceful and blah, blah, blah. 
you know, whatever it may be, I think that's the appropriate time where you can just share like, well, you know, I've, I realized my thoughts aren't me and, you know, I doubt every thought and God's within and I changed the pressure from the outer to the inner, all, all the stuff that we talk about. But you, you don't uh, like cast pearls before swine and just start spreading fake gospel because I feel like that just drives away. It's, it's like a part of Satan's plan. It just drives people away who may have been interested but because of that zealotry, it just, mm. do you kind of know what I mean? Like it's, it's an actual, um, it's counterproductive if you are to go out there and promote it, because that just makes people look at you and say, oh, look, it's another crazy religious person. That's why I am a uh, homosexual or that's why I'm this, because look at how judgmental those um, <laughs> guys holding signs saying I'm going to go to hell are, you know, I, I, I feel like that's part of his plan. You know, and it made sense to me. So I'm not sure if that kind of makes sense to you too. Well, I think people get caught up in their kind of um, need to be right, and so uh, I, I've been uh, at churches yeah. where they they've they've you know said, "Oh yeah, like my life has been totally completely changed," and blah blah blah, and yep. um, and they'll yep. actually have this kind of um, I guess it's bizarre now, but, uh, but they'll actually go to doors. Like, you know, you know, there's a group of, uh, at this, at this particular church, it was a group of men. They would, um, meet together in some local neighborhood and they would go out to people and they would, um, just go to their doors and they would talk about Jesus and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, you know, and it's kind of, it's kind of become, um, I guess like a meme in, in modern day where, you see people like, oh, have you heard about Jesus Christ? Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and people are like, I don't want to talk to those people. Like, come on. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and the thing <laughs> is that, um, see, it's not necessarily that they don't want to uh, hear about Jesus. It's just that how authentic someone is in coming to them, that's something that somebody can majorly pick up on, you know, uh, Generally, I guess the consensus is that people are stupid, which to a certain extent is true. <laughs> but right. people are very sensitive in in uh, picking up how authentic somebody is. If somebody is inauthentic right. and they're they're like uh, you know pretty much being a salesman here, and you just trying to feel good about what you're doing, right? Um, they can pick up on that. They can sense that, and it's yeah, a yeah, total turnoff. Yeah. And yep. you know they they don't want it's not necessarily that they don't that they don't want to hear about Jesus it's just that oh, sure. they just don't want to uh, have some inauthentic person come to them and speak about this and behave in a bizarre way because they they're uh, being driven by the need to um, I guess win souls quote unquote yeah I think about like supercars you know like if somebody came to or cars came to my house and it's like have you heard of the new Honda Civic. I'd be like, get get out of here, you know? <laughs> but then if, if I were like to drive by and I see a car meetup and I see a bunch of Honda Civics there and I'm just like, oh, that's really cool. And I walk up, I'm like, that's cool Honda Civic, man. He's just like, yeah, isn't it? You want to come check it out? And you come in and he's just like, yeah, look at this. I think this is really cool. You know, this is great. I like this particular aspect. It's bringing me so much peace in life. This is awesome. I'll come away from that saying, Oh, Honda Civics are awesome. Like, that's so cool that somebody loves those things. And maybe when I, uh, 
maybe sometime down the road, all of a sudden I'll remember that or that'll come up and I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to get a Honda Civic. So it's, it's very similar to that, except instead of it being about a material possession, it's about your, um, your soul, you know, like your soul will pick up on someone and they're like, have you heard about Jesus or, you know, whatever it may be. And you'll immediately tell like, you're like, who is this person? This person's messed up. <laughs> like you can, <laughs> your intuition tells you like, stay away from this person. But if you were to, um, like we, we do a meetup once a month on the homestead. If you were to come out there and you see everybody just having a good time eating pizza, we're building stuff, we're crushing and everyone's like, how'd this happen? And we're all just like, oh, you know, well, we don't want to push it on you, but you know, we just, you know, doubt every thought and blah, blah, blah. Just for example, or we believe in Christianity and, you know, in homesteading, we really like it and we hope you like it too, but no pressure. You know, that type of person then would actually, I feel, would want to be a part of it. And it goes back to your point about how many are called, but few are, um, like few, few answer, few are chosen, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, few are chosen. Few are chosen. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like the person going to the homestead, the person going to the car meetup, they're being called to it. I feel like they physically they're moving towards it and it's like they made an active decision to interface with it. And that makes sense. But if, if you're like proselytizing and then like you're sitting at work and you're like, Hey man, you do great work. And then the person says back to you, Oh, it's because of Jesus. You, that's, that's when you'd be like, get, <laughs> get away from me, dude. Like, <laughs> I know. Yeah. The whole uh, Christianese thing is a turn off to what I mean by that is like kind of the weird things that people say is like, oh, where, yeah. you know, you say something and people go, Oh, amen. Amen. Or, yeah. Or, or, uh, or you go, well, this is brother so-and-so and this is sister oh, so-and-so gee. and like that. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> It's like, come on, guys! You're not talking like normal human beings. You guys—that's that's, that's you guys one thing like I've you're noticed. <laughs> <laughs> that's you one know? thing I've noticed is when um, when you're talking with someone and then they shift their language right in front of you. Right, that's kind of yeah. an indicator to me where I'm like, wait, where did you go? Because the person <laughs> I was just talking to was just like, oh yeah, you know, my wife's great. I'm having these challenges here, and I'll be like, well, it sounds like you have a lot of patience. I mean. It sounds like you're following God. They're like, oh, but praise Jesus. And you're <laughs> right right then you're just like, What? <laughs> We're just talking about your wife and uh oh. Like <laughs> here, here, here comes possession <laughs> by the fake gods. You know, that's that's the other thing too. People think just because they talk about Jesus and God, um, that they're talking about the right God. That, that's, that's kind true, of a, that, that's always my joke, you know. <laughs> that's um that's another good point. Um, it's one thing that the modern day church, uh, I don't even know what to call them anymore. There's like all these kinds of classifications for them and, and you can get really deep into the whole conspiracy if you like look into it. But, but for me, what, what's being promoted is, Hey, your life is, um, your life is poor. Um, you, you want to be wealthy in this world. Uh, God will promote you, um, come to him and, uh, and profess that that yeah. Jesus is Lord and, and God will, uh, will use you, um, and show right. in your life that you're, right. you're going to be successful. You're going to meet all these expectations. You're going to have wealth greater than, uh, the people of this world. And it's like, what? Like God is not <laughs> about that, man. Like God's and it's not... interesting that you say that. Cause it sounds very familiar to what I just said. 
you know, it sounds familiar where it's like, God will use you. You'll become an example. People will want to be like you and you'll be an emissary of God. You know, it, it sounds mm. similar, but when it starts saying like they interpret wealth as money, they interpret right. wealth as um, popularity, you know, yeah. you, you know, it's, that's the misstep or that's Absolutely. to me, it's on purpose or whatever. It's, it's their game. They well, it's just, play. yeah. I mean, what I, I can't tell if they authentically believe it or, or if they are just using it to get richer, but in the end, like right, it's really right. the pastors that are just getting crazy rich. Yeah. Um, and just a lot of, uh, they're sucking the energy out of their parish parish. Yeah. They're sucking the energy out of them, you know, and yeah. it's, it, I think it's called gospel Christianity or it's, uh, name it prosperity and gospel types. prosperity gospel yeah it's just so interesting mm-hmm. how many different terms there are for these synagogues of satan <laughs> right because it's it's not true they, their whole basis is um oh you need to sow a seed and by sowing the seed they mean giving money yeah and uh yeah. and because of that you're entitled to call back um growth on that seed and in other words like more money like somehow right. your return on investment with god you know, right like, God, exactly i gave 10 percent here so i need a you know 10 percent or 10 times return on my investment here it's it's right it it's literally i, I call them synagogues of satan because it's all it's no, taking absolutely. the words of god um not the words of god sorry it's taking what people interpret as the the word of god i guess or the word of jesus or the story of jesus it's taking all that and then they place a warping on it it's like this slight twist, you know, so they take the yeah. initial truth of like, be an example, you know, come to Jesus, be an example, let God use you. And then the twist is the, um, you know, plant the seed and then you'll be given back. And now you can ask God for more, you know? Right. And, and that, that ties into, that ties into the major point. I mean, the whole point is not that you go to God in order to fulfill your will, the right. point is you go to <laughs> right. God to to give you true salvation, to be free from your will, the will of really of sin, of Satan, because yeah. that will was never given to you by God. And that's the that's a mistake that so many people are living their lives with. Um, they look at their flaws and be like, well, God made me this way. Or, um, right, right, right. Or they think, why would God put it in me such that so whatever kind of crazy example that they're into and and it's like well the deal is that god never put that in you to begin with right you inherited never god yeah Yeah. you inherited this thing and then you can choose to perpetuate it you know by saying those things and i think that's that's the challenge is just i it's just so interesting that when someone claims they are a religious leader or a priest it it seems like all of a sudden common sense goes out the window. Uh, Absolutely. To, to, to me, I know there's lots of, again, I know there's lots of good churches, but to me, I'm seeing a lot of lost people where they'll, they'll be, you know, financially successful to have a family. And then on Sundays, they will go to a church where they see a fat old man in white robes, tell them things that are just weird. And then they feel obligated to give this man and you don't even look at him. Like I'd rather be with like following someone or going to church and listening to a guy who has a nice small homestead and a family and a farm and 
they're all focused on just giving back to the local community. I would love to go to that versus what I think most churches are now where they, it's like they're dressed up and they're, they look weird and they all these weird symbols around them and they're carrying around Jesus on a cross to make you feel bad. You know, it's, it's super interesting to have come to this and phase through I know like you've been through years of just dealing with um, different churches and ideologies. And, and for me, I just kind of joined it and I'm like, this one's weird. This one's weird. Oh, here it is. Oh, God's within. Oh, this is great. Everything's God and he's within. Like my intuition is the Holy Spirit and God's with me. Oh, great. And I found it. But I, I just can't imagine going through all those trials and tribulations of like giving and then <laughs> realizing the church is kind of a joke. You know, and then you go to a different one. It just sounds so demotivational. You know what I mean? To, have to go through that. <laughs> well, well, a lot of that is is really just because I. Uh, it's it's right. We talk about the inversion of the order of God, and right, it's really because yeah. I I listen to my mom, who is, who when I like look back and examine just all the crazy things that I believe because I believed her. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's a return to common sense when you Absolutely, return yeah. to God. So it's kind of like what you just said. Like you go. It's just like what I said to you about when somebody all of a sudden pulls the, the Jesus speak, you know, it, your common sense is like, what just happened? Like we were just chatting about food and the shape of the earth. And now all of a sudden it's about um, Jesus's righteousness as Lord and how he saved you from salvation. And that that was not a natural progression of the conversation. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's you're I feel like for me and maybe for you and for others when you really return to yourself and begin to trust your intuition when something feels wrong or something doesn't feel right uh, you really begin to realize just how many people are uh, just they're either not there or they've got hang-ups or they got issues and I've got issues too don't worry but it's just fascinating to see it um, just in person now to trust your intuition I think that's the key thing for people is, you know, we're talking about all these problems about how they're being misled by churches and they're giving money. But I feel like the kind of solution is, again, very, very simple. It's to, to return to within and not to look like what you say. Don't look to the without. Don't be influenced by the without. Look within, which is where God is located uh, for right. you. That's the Holy Spirit. Um, so right. I, I just, or... I like to tell people that just stop looking around. It's God's within you. It, God is everything, but he's also within you. And that's what I believe he wants you to listen to. Right. Because even, even these people that, uh, that go and they do find a church that to them is fine. Um, really they, they just, uh, they just prescribe too much into what, whatever the leader of the church is saying. And they take right. that right. and they use that as the basis for their lives, as opposed to just being like, okay, well, I mean, I agree with with what this person's saying, but I don't. I'm not necessarily agreeing with it because it's the words that are coming from them. It's because I see this myself. Yeah, right. you know, not very many right. people will look at it like that. Many people will look like, well, um, I don't know. There's some verse in the Bible about tending tending to the flock, like the good shepherd over the over the flock, right? Over the flock of uh, of sheep, and yeah. they they take it like, well. I need to find a good shepherd who would shepherd me, but it's like 
no nah, dude you need to know god for yourself you need to be the head of your home as 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 the man and you right. need to have a connection to god so that way you can influence your family and your community you, you don't need to go to this shepherd quote unquote <laughs> who in the end you you may find is is not even yeah. uh, a righteous man is not even a man who lives the life that he proclaims to live you know you find out whatever dirty little secrets about him yep. and, and yeah and this is a and that's pretty common in in any kind of church really yeah you know i, I pulled up that quote peter 5 to be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watch over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. You know, it's 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 such a good saying. I've heard I've heard that before, and mm-hmm. I think Roy had a joke about it. He said, uh, "Well, if you're the sheep and he's the shepherd, <laughs> what is he going to do to you? He's going to fleece you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's going to fleece a good point. you and eat you." You know, so the kind of, <laughs> he's just like the, so a lot of people are seeking to be sheep without right. realizing you, you want to be a sheep to, to God, right? Cause he is your shepherd, but not right. a sheep to a man. That's what's funny about it. And you're so right. Absolutely. Cause they, they go to church with that intention. They just went to the wrong thing. They went to a person versus going to God, you know? Right. <laughs> right. And, and they'll they'll have these kinds of strange things like, oh, uh, so-and-so is a false teacher because they teach us, but my teacher is the best teacher because of this. But but it's like they can't even yep. really form oh, their own thoughts on, on things, or they'll need somebody's interpretation of the Bible in order to tell them that they're in the right in their lives, where it's like, yep. no, yep. man, like that. Like, you know, and it's not just biblical, too. It, like a lot of people politically need to constantly be reinvigorated by their particular political leader to mm. remain politically charged, you know? And so what what happens is that if you stop going to the political rallies or like you stop going to that church, um, first everyone's going to reach out to you and say, oh my gosh, you're leaving the, uh, the cult, you know, what's going on? <laughs> uh, but the thing that starts to happen is you no longer get that weekly reconditioning of what this church leader has hypnotized you with, you know, so also you're being dehypnotized, and then all of a sudden these basic questions are just like, yeah, I should go to church, but I really just, that guy talked about this one thing, and, you <laughs> right, know, did, yeah, th- you know, but people will say, oh, that's Satan talking to you, but in, <laughs> in reality, that's actually your intuition telling you like, hey, y- you've been hypnotizing yourself weekly, and if you truly, my perspective, maybe, I think you think this too, is that once you see it, once you know God's within, once you know how to you know, sit quietly with him, and you don't have to go to church anymore. You don't have to, no, you don't have to go to these places that they call churches because now all of a sudden to your temple... To hear the word of God, quote-unquote. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, which God? Oh, Jesus. But um, now you actually have the word of God within, which is intuition, and you just sit quietly with it. And right that's you're there you don't have to like okay now i need to go again uh to be saved i need to go again to make sure that my belief is verified you know that that you don't have this fragile faith anymore you have this very calm strong foundation of just the simple and the pure and that that's kind of the joke about our podcast is 
if somebody were to listen to this and then they find God within, they kind of don't need to listen anymore because they found it. They can move on. And I think that's kind of scary for churches because, well, once people find it, why would they come back? (laughs) Right. Yeah. How are we going to pay off the the mortgage in this place that we took mortgage? How am I going to be able to get my jet? (laughs) And, And again, a lot of times churches too are great because it allows, you know, outside of the services that you can... A really good church. Have a community. Yeah, it's a community. You all help each other, but it's not this like you know franchise of oh this one is the Protestant franchise. This one is like the. It's just somebody's home who's really righteous, and you want to be around them because they're right. just people who are helping everybody, and you want to give them money because you see that they just help people with the money. They don't enrich their own lives, you know. Yeah. So it's <laughs> it's just so funny to me that most churches would just be disbanded if people if they were a good church they would just be like oh here it is and then you 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 found it okay great i mean it'd be great to see you again (laughs) i like catching up with you but i mean you don't have to come back you know it's like (laughs) there's like there's a verse in the bible that talks about that it's like um that the word will be written in the tablet of your heart oh really um yeah and, and it talks about how um Pretty much like what what we're saying here, like you don't need to look to this. It can be, it's already within you. That's so cool. I'm looking it up right now on the tablet of yeah. your heart verse. That sounds really cool. Proverbs. Oh, that's really cool. Bind them on your fingers, write them on the tablet of your heart. I might be finding the wrong one, but. Yeah, right yeah, deep within your heart. There's something about that. Yeah. Right. Well, there's one that um that Paul writes in the New Testament that uh Paul tablet of your heart. Come on, Paul. That's <laughs> uh, always Proverbs. How dare Paul not make it so clear? <laughs> but <laughs> but that's that's I'm with you on that. I feel that um when it comes to these sorts of things it's I th- the the joke I kind of told uh, I told Roslyn um, was, it's just funny how people seem to believe that God would speak to them in very cryptic ways. You know, like God will reveal Himself to you in the shadow of a baby, and that's how you knew you should be with this woman. You know, or that's how you knew your job was the right thing, or. Like, oh, we were praying about this and God revealed it to me. And I then asked these people, I'm like, well, how you want to, you want to ask them, but I don't want to be rude, but I'm always just like, well, how do they reveal How did he reveal it to you? Like, was it, did he show up on a cloud? And he's like, Hey guys, I'm God. Uh, you should do this or you shouldn't do that. You know, cause, cause to me, I feel like God is super simple and super clear. Like if you're thinking about like a God in this realm, for you, I would feel that that God would be a very um, simple God. He'd be one that makes things very, very clear and that you just have natural intuition. He could guide you wherever you need to go. And that's it. But I feel like most people's God is just a, uh, <laughs> you know, this multi-level pyramid scheme of, you know, this guy is at the top. So he knows God better than I do. And you have to go through the levels and give a certain amount at each level to be able to get close to that type of God. That's just how I kind of see it now. And it's made me really reflect upon um, how lost most of us are. It makes me thankful. So, But did you find the verse, Jacob? You find it? 
found something from uh, Jeremiah. Um, nice. And talks about how. Let me see if I can find the actual part. There's this huge uh, blog <laughs> that's tied to it, but yeah, that's what's fun about doing the podcast too. Is we're just revealing it to ourselves right now. We're not doing this off um, a script or particular type of item. I used to try to do that with you. I'd be like, "Here's mm-hmm. the four things I want to talk about with you," and then we start talking, and literally five minutes in, I'd forget what we, yeah, what we were supposed yeah, we to talk about. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, I, I think it's in Jeremiah 31, 33. Nice. Um, I will put my law within them and I will write on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. Oh, that's easy. Yeah. Right. So, and I, I don't know, I'm pretty sure that there will be somebody who's like, no, like that they meant that you read the Bible and or something <laughs> like that, you know, <laughs> but... But what's it, the intention? Uh, you what your what's your intention here? Because it's it's clear to me what it is, but yeah. Right. And um and yeah, it has been written. I remember we, we discussed it uh, a few podcasts back, um, other verses that talk about this, about how God will write the law into your heart and so you'll be able to find it. Even Jesus had talked about when he was talking with the Pharisees, right um about they they put too much of an importance uh, on the law, and then Jesus told them, "Well, really, um, you can't live out the law." And they're like, "Well, what do you mean?" He's like, "Well, if you if you were to uh, even look at a woman lustfully, you've committed adultery within your heart." And then they're like, "Oh man, like, well, nobody can really do that then." Right. Um, so yeah. what are you saying that you're above the law? And he's like, "No, uh, I'm saying that I I, I did not come to." Uh, to make the law useless, you know, I've come to fulfill the law and he, yep. Jesus yep. fulfilled it by being the true savior in order to come back. So that way, in order to have people come back to God, so that way the law can be written on their hearts so they can get rid of their sin nature and they can come back and, and actually follow uh, the morality that comes from God in order to live yep. a true, pure life. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I'm I'm going through the. Everyone can kind of tell we're both just trying to look up quotes to try to justify ourselves. I'm just kidding, but um, yeah, it's it's very very true what you're saying here. Like I'm going through this, and it's it's just fascinating how. Like I f- I find a lot of people when they disagree, um, the challenge I found is when people vehemently disagree, it's it's usually because they've been programmed mentally, to say something that somebody else told them. It's kind of like a NPC. That's kind of the joke, you know, with COVID and all that stuff was there was um, just everyone was just repeating whatever the news told them. You know, mm-hmm. it was just it was just this. Oh, no, he's he's a deviant. OK, say this one thing and then run away. You know, it's just, oh, you're going to kill your grandma. Run away. You know, that sort of <laughs> thing. And then next week they're like, oh, invade Ukraine, kill the grandmas. You know? <laughs> but they don't see the hypocrisy. Right. Because it's not them saying it. They're literally just possessed with thoughts they think it's them and now we're seeing it at a different level where you're talking about pharisees and i i do agree that it, we live in such interesting times where we think we're so modern but there are pharisees um, in our midst you know it it's yeah. it blows my mind man <laughs> well they've just been conditioned to follow the bible but but even in the bible um, paul writes about how 
we should we should practice um, discerning the knowledge of good and evil. And yeah. And and the interesting thing is that um, in the Bible, it's not necessarily clear on what that is, but really, it's just about being still and and knowing God. Um, yeah. Yeah. And when you're still, you can be separated from this the sinful nature, but but that's what it means to practice, um, you know, the discernment of good and evil. A lot of other people think, no, that's not what that means. It means that you need to just find the right kind of Bible verses. But <laughs> but, but if you just objectively look at the Christian community, look at but look at how just their interpretation of the Bible varies wildly uh, depending on what kind of little uh, subsection yep. of Christianity that you go into. Like yep. how to me, how is that that God is um, is uh, speaking to us through the Bible when clearly, if we look, it's like no people are putting their own <laughs> versions, their their own twists, their own interpretations, yep. which really aren't their own. It's just really Satan to keep them in the darkness and, yep. and prevent them from truly coming to God. But I, f- I feel like what what Satan's done is he will take the Bible, which kind of, to me the Bible points you back to God within. If you just open it up, you find a page you like, you read it through, it you have an aha moment, just close it up and move forward. That's how I kind of treat the Bible right now. But what Satan's done is he's, um, in someone's mind, he lays out 15 different versions of Christianity. And you'd be like, which team do you want to be on? Do you want to be a part of the, the Catholic crushers or the pissed off Protestants? You know, it's like, it's, it's just like football. They just le- he gives you all these avenues to say yes to. Like the external world is saying, which team do you want to be a part of? And the temptation is to say, uh, I don't want to be the outcast, so this one. And you'll choose one. And then you feel stuck because you've made a choice. And when the right choice was to not make a choice at all. Because once you read the Bible, once you kind of see that it says, take every thought into captivity, know thyself, you know, the whole... Jesus is leaving, but he leaves something behind, which is the Holy Spirit, your intuition. Um, then you found it and you're done. You, you don't need to go to the Pope and put on some weird robes and, you know, get a squirt gun and spray your child with it to be baptized. You, you don't have to do that. You know, that's, that's not, uh, in my opinion, you don't have to do that. You know, and that's, that's brought me so much right. peace in life because... I always thought something was wrong with the other churches. I always thought something was <laughs> off, but I'm like, but I, I, I know they're talking about God, but I don't, something's wrong. And I just didn't make sense. And I just didn't want to go. It was just, right. it felt weird. It smelled weird as a kid. You know, I think it's just because as a kid, you can smell hypocrisy you know, <laughs> and that's why you don't yeah. like it. It's not because you don't like God. It's because you don't like these people who are the Pharisees who are the misled and you see something's wrong, but you misattribute it to it being God when in reality it's just those people. You know, that's, I just had that realization right now while saying that. Wow. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I think, I think too, a big part of it is that the church has been like feminized big time. So, Oh dude. Yeah. And, and yeah. what I mean by that is um, take uh, praise and worship. For example, you know, when you go in, um, for most of the churches that I've been to that are like the mainstream churches, they'll, yeah. they'll have like, a, you know, some woman as part of their praise and worship team and they'll lead praise and worship for like an hour 
And it's just like this whole thing of, all right, we're just going to feel the presence of God right now. Jesus, come here. Jesus, save come us. Come inside me, Jesus. You're just like, I don't need to know what you do at night, lady. <laughs> and uh, and yeah, like just Joan on and on and on. And that's that's not <laughs> like, you know, we didn't we didn't come here for, for this, you know. Right, um, right. And then when we actually get to the the speaker speaking on um, teachings from the Bible, we just get this kind of defunct, um, new like f- newly feminized like yeah, women can still like do it. Uh, there were women in the Bible too that uh, that led people, and everyone was better off because of it. It's like what? No, man. Like that's who, interesting. Yeah. Like yeah. nobody ever wants to talk about the uh, what happened in the garden, or bring up the fact that like <laughs> about how Satan went to Eve instead of directly to Adam. You know what I mean? And not realize what the importance of that was, and not really call out just this kind of crazy backwards world that we live in now, which has been driven by just the overall feminine feminizing um, the men. Yep. And, yep. and really destroying that and attacking masculinity. And, I think, uh, too, it's because um, then the counter-argument that people do, which I know you're going to have a great point on, is that they'll say, like, well, what about the churches where they talk about hell and <laughs> brimstone and fire? You know, where they're just like, you, you're you going to go to hell if you don't get 10 more disciples to come next week. <laughs> I, I, I haven't heard that before. But you know what I mean? Where they're just like, right. you're a sinner. You're going to hell, you're a sinner. You're, yeah, you're, realize how bad you are. And and to me, that's that's the same as the Jesus come inside me. It, <laughs> it's it's, it's this emotion. Whole, right. <laughs> well, well, again, looking at everything, everything is within the straight and narrow path, right? Yeah, so they're, yeah, they're just yeah. on the other extreme. So one extreme is like, yeah, that, uh, that God... God will uh, fulfill all your desires. You just come to him and he'll make life amazing for you and, and magic and you'll live a perfect life. The other yeah. the other version is, uh, oh yeah, like you, you're a no good sinner. You're, uh, <laughs> we're destined for hell. We need the savior. But it's like, wait, yep. hold on. But how do I get past this? It's like, well, what do you mean? Like, uh, like we just bash <laughs> people all the time. Yeah, that's like, what's funny. There's you need like... to feel bad about yourself. You need, <laughs> yeah, to, be, so... you need to feel bad for existing. God yeah. does not like you because you are of the sinful nature. <laughs> right. And then you're just like, so what's the solution? They're like, there is none. Give me your uh, money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, if you really listen to them, it's like, well, what is the solution? How do I truly be changed? They're like, that's not what it's about, man. We're, it's about us saying that people can't get this <laughs> because they're in sin and they don't deserve any better. They're like, we need you to come to uh, confession so I can get more uh, dirt on you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's their... And it's really out of this guilt that they right. have that they, they they wear that as their identity, like oh uh, I'm no good, I'm a lowly sinner, but but they hold on to that identity, and and in them, uh, in their warped view of looking at things, they view that as righteousness. But that's so it, not it also. What it's, it's like you think you're this lowly sinner, but it somehow gives you this level of spiritual superiority over those who right. won't say that. Absolutely, you know because. Yeah, you and I both, uh, I'm not going to speak for you. Do you agree that like, okay, yeah, you know, we suck, you know, we do. Yeah, I get I'll it. I'll say this. I'll say <laughs> a righteous man stumbles seven times, but he gets up. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And that's gets in up. the Bible. 
It's in uh, the Bible. <laughs> it's in the Bible. <laughs> That's the thing. The other thing too is, is once you once you get in a conversation with someone, and it, I've always found if it turns into slightly confrontational, and then the Bible's pulled out. That's when you know the conversation's over. <laughs> but if you're having like a good conversation, you're just like, oh, I didn't see it that way because I remember this quote. And the guy's like, oh, interesting, because I, I thought of this quote. That's how I feel to me the Bible should be referenced. You know, where it's just like, yeah, yeah, I read this part. It was like over here. And then you open it up. You're like, oh, interesting. I didn't realize that. You can tell the intention is good. But most most of the time, you know, when you go to church and they talk about, you know, how the how they specifically killed people and how God specifically burned people. And you're, you're sitting there just right. like, uh, I, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I get it. I know I suck. Like I, but I'm stumbling towards perfection, you know? And that's, that's, I, it's like within us, there is this perfect soul, right? That is, that is the true you. And, there, and then there's all this unrighteousness that's drenched over you from the original fall that you've inherited through um you inherited but also you got through judgment and doing all the the false stuff that you're not supposed to do but uh, i feel like when people just constantly harp on it 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 feels just like depression you know it feels like self-hate you know it feels like this weird thing where you're identifying with all these bad things and not realizing like no you should understand god is your father he he is your father he loves you you know and he he doesn't want you to to get an abortion and have sex out of wedlock. You know, he has these general rules that he set up and he's like, Hey, Hey, I'm going to send the intuition to say like, Hey, that's probably not a good idea. But then if you do it and he's just like, ah, well, okay, well now you'll learn. Yeah. He doesn't speak that way. God's more fatherly. He's just like this, this too shall pass. And the usual stuff that a good dad would say. Right. (laughs) Well, yeah, because uh, a lot of people, that breathe, you know, fire and brimstone about you being a sinner. Um, to me, I mean, the fact that that God sent Jesus, you know, to in order to redeem, um, I guess, the people that were that are chosen right. for mankind, because right, because even He says, like, not everyone will uh, will inherit it, but right, but you know, like, uh, not to deem us as a lost cause. And I think there's something in the Bible about saying that. Um, that Jesus was that, that the Lamb of God, and it's talking about Jesus was slain, slain uh, since the foundation of the earth, and that's, and that's interesting because it's like, well, when God made Adam and Eve, He knew that they would fall, so it's not like it caught him off guard, and He just was like, oh man, I guess I gotta make this right eventually. <laughs> that's such a good point. That's such a good point. It wasn't like you know God was just like. Okay, we got Adam and we got Eve. Things are good. Oh, oh, oh why did you do that? I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. <laughs> no, God, I'm fairly certain he knew that was going to happen. I guess that's a fun, that's a, I haven't figured out the answer to this one is why, why would, why would he God, do? yeah, why would God let Adam fall? Um, I'm thinking now it's just because the recovery story is so great to me. It's just like, right. I feel like right now the recovery and waking up and returning to him it's such a great, it feels so great um, and peaceful. I wasn't sure if you hadn't, because other people, you know, talk about this where they're like, why would God let him fall and then burn all the people and then flood everything and kill everyone and blah, 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 blah. And I, I, gen, I tend to not focus on those things because I, I don't know the utility of it. 
all I know is just what's effective and what makes sense right now. But I wasn't sure if you had a thought about why he let it happen. <laughs> right. Well, it's just because God, in order to uh, to have his created love him, there needed to be um, oh, I it guess needs to be choice. choice. It has to be a choice. Yeah, because like right. imagine if you couldn't choose to love someone. Is it truly? And I know right. by love, like if you want to choose to follow someone, which is a sign of loyalty and love and all that. If they couldn't choose, then is, was it really a choice? It sounds kind of obvious. Yeah. No. <laughs> a- Adam couldn't really know uh, what he was getting into until he got into it. And, and that's when, you know, uh, the sin entered him through uh, being disobedient and listening to right. Eve. Uh, but but by the time he did that, it was already too late. So so it's like um, yeah, you, you don't know how how much you need you need to rely on God until you see like the alternative of uh, of just how awful things are and how yeah, I've started to see that too because things got pretty dark in my life before, and you see how bad it can get, um, and relatively in our our world and time we lived in we we've yet to see a lot of bad things right we we really haven't seen how bad things can get but um i've wondered about that like if there's certain people who don't feel the need to see those things they just know naturally not to go do that you know for us we had to see these things for other people who haven't seen it yet you know let god's will be done right they, I guess they still need to stumble and fall and suffer. And maybe through their suffering, which is how it worked for me, because I didn't intercede and try to stop it, Because, but because they choose to continue to go down that path and they judge it as their path, eventually, you know, if they're supposed to wake up and they'll say, maybe after they've hit rock bottom, they'll say, maybe I am wrong. Maybe I shouldn't believe my thoughts. Maybe it isn't me. And then that's when you kind of discover God and, I think that's the answer is because it has to be a willful choice and it's not for us to choose on our side who needs to wake up, which goes back to that whole proselytizing and, you know, recruiting and all that silly stuff that, uh, (laughs) it just, it just kind of feels like high school, um, you know, getting ready to vote for president. (laughs) It just seems so silly. Yeah. So, so the thing about that is, um, it's not that you necessarily have the free will to choose uh, the love of God, but it's that you have the sight from God, have the ability to discern that it's not you that has the will, but the will that has you. And in order to see, oh, um, I really need God uh, in Got order it. to expel this will, in order to get this sinful will uh yeah. off of me and in order to be you know uh transform because I've, I've heard like roy roy says something interesting he said uh you can rebel against god but you can't rebel against satan mm. i thought that was I, I feel like that relates somehow to what you're saying because because you're right it's not like my choice to that's the it's this weird paradox it's not my choice to um follow god but it seems right. like it. it's like, it's like, I feel like it's like I'm choosing not to reject him. 
So like when, when God shows you something like, uh, you catch yourself in the mirror after a shower and you are a fat pig, you know, in that moment you have this, you can reject the sight that God just gave you <laughs> to look at a thing. You can reject it and just act like it didn't happen. Or you could just say like, like, Oh, um, you can judge yourself saying you're a horrible person. But I feel like in that moment, your choice is just to say, oh, this is what I'm being shown. And you don't judge it either way. You're just like, okay. And you move forward. I feel like that example is kind of like what it's like when you follow God. You just don't reject him when he shows you something. It doesn't mean you have to like, you know, he doesn't tell you like to go pull a gun or do things like that. It's more he will just reveal well, I guess he'll let you see what's right in front of you, let you hear what's all around you, um, let you smell what is real. And it's your choice to either push it away or to stay in the present moment with him and to pursue it and let him wash away the uh, all the things around you that you think are you. And it, it hurts, but it feels good. Does that kind of make sense? How do you kind of see that Like with not rejecting God? I'm trying to figure out how how is it really a choice or is it even doesn't even sound like it's really a choice well well to me i think um the choice is is if you look at your life objectively and seeing that there's an issue um and the issue is that you're you're being driven by this this force you don't really know what it is but you know that you're not necessarily doing what you want to do or what you know is right you're doing everything wrong. Right. And you yeah. can see that there's an issue there. Like, what is really in control? Is it really me that is doing these things? And that's the first kind of uh, realization of it. The next is when you realize that um, in order yeah. to really focus in on this, you you sit in the stillness and allow God to catch up to you and to separate you from from yep. your thoughts, from uh, this thing that's been driving you this whole time. Yep. And so, so once that happens, then you see just all the, you can objectively look at how negative this force is, has been in your life. And, um, and really from there, you're empowered to, to live a life um, outside of that will that has had you. And, and really that that's stepping into God's will that that's, I guess in a way choosing God's will. It's not it's not necessarily it's not like the word choice. Choice is a bad word because it's yeah. so I feel like our world we think of choice as like choose what you want in life, you know, but it's more of a obedience. It's like you can be obedient right. and make sure you don't um cuz one thing is is when you sit quietly while you see that thing. That I feel is a huge challenge for so many people. Oh, yeah. Because you, you want to react to it. You want to react to the angry boss you tempting you to judge. Yeah. You want to fight it. You want to uh, argue it. with... Yeah, you want to empower it. You want to fight it, push it away. But to choose to sit and stay with it, it hurts. You know, it's yeah. this guttural hurt that makes no sense. And yeah, because it, it, yep. it is being killed, at the, but at the same time, because you had identified with it, it's... Right, you, you feel think that it's pain you. as well. So then you feel the pain of it dying, even though it's not you. But once God cleaves you away from that, you're like, oh, that isn't me. Oh, yeah. it doesn't hurt yeah, as much. So, so I guess it, it really isn't a choice <laughs> at all. <huh? laughs> you, you just are like, uh, well, 
I'm not going to go back to that. So, but it's only because God had revealed it to me. So right. Yeah. And they're, they're really, <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, Satan made this Disneyland and everybody's living in it. And the only thing that really needs to happen is you need to leave that Disneyland. And whether that's a, like a choice that we were just saying, or whether that's just God kind of went in there with his people and picked you out and pulled you out. I don't know. And maybe to, to be honest, that's the wrong question to be asking. That's why I've always found too, that if I'm asking the right question, the answer is apparent. You know, if, if you have to come up with this convoluted answer and it's hard to figure out uh, for me, then I know that that's not where God is. God's a simple answer. He's just like, Hey, uh, I know it's a good idea to live on a homestead, to grow your own food, get your own water and have a family. Well, how do you know? Well, that's just cause I know it's right. And I wish you guys well. You know, it's it's not this like complex. I gotta convince everybody. Mm. So maybe that's even the right answer too. Is we'll wait and see. <laughs> that's so interesting, right? Because ultimately, we we do need God to to intervene and to to call us to Him. Otherwise, it seems to there, make sense. Otherwise, yeah. there's no. Uh, I mean, like like I said, going back to if we look at the church and spreading the news of Jesus. <laughs> right. I mean, look right, how effective right. that's been. Look how just uh, morally bankrupt and and absolutely it's a, it's into depravity that yeah. that our society has gone into with this uh, supposed spreading the gospel movement. Clearly, it's, it's not yeah. been effective. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about utility Christianity? No, okay. <laughs> I don't um, even know what what you, what you call it. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I feel like sometimes. Um, yeah, because you, you, there's these obvious truths that we forget. It's just like abortion is killing a child. So if you really think about it, this world's become a child murdering factory. You know, the number of abortions happening yeah. every year, just alone in the United States. I, I forgot the number. I thought it was like 300,000, something like that. You know, and if half those were being born, I mean, that's... It's so it's just kind of interesting how we talk about all these theoretical things just now. You and I were talking about choice and all that, but you made a great point. It's just look at the world. You know, do you want to live in a world? Is the worldview that you have believe that that's okay that we murder? In my opinion, that we actively choose to kill. You know, yeah. through two hundred two hundred thousand souls every year. Um, if you think that if that's your stance then you're part of a different cult that i'm not a part of and i just don't want to be a part of that it's not that i i am here to pass judgment upon them it's just that i know that this is not the right path for me so i must go down this path and it just so happens that this path i believe is actual where, where god actually is <laughs> yeah. it's like i i stumbled upon it once i realized abortion was murder it, it, I didn't think it was for like uh, two and a half decades, you know, and then I had a realization. I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I don't want to be a part of this team. Yeah. Well, I'm sure those people that had abortions knew about Jesus anyway, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's hard to know. Like, it's, yeah, and I think that's the other thing, too, that I find uh, I don't agree with this. Like, a lot of people say, like, if you don't know Jesus, then you go to hell. I think you've heard that. Um and I don't think that's true because 
there's people like in Muslim countries who are just raised being Muslims and they're good people. I, I know them. And I, I don't think that they're all destined to go to hell. You know, I think I, I, I'm been, I've been not struggling with that, but I just kind of see this thing and I haven't processed it yet. But it's, okay. it just doesn't make sense that God would want to kill all these people just because they were raised that way. You kind of know what I mean? A little bit. I I can see, yeah, the point you're coming from. But but to me, ultimately, yeah. uh, if you look at the whole need for salvation, so you know, we talked about yeah, how I'm, where, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let me let me just make this point. Yeah, yeah. So you see how we we um, need to be separated from the will that has us from the sinful nature that we that we were given through this spiritual corruption, uh, the original sin. Mm-hmm. So in order to have that process happen, we need to have a savior. And so that savior is Jesus. So God had sent his only begotten son, uh, Jesus. Got it. In order to pay this price so that way we can be rectified and brought back to back to God. So pretty much without Jesus, um, there there is no path to salvation. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, because I've actually seen that when I talk with a few... Um, Muslim people about that. It seems like there's this determination that we are just dirt, mm-hmm. like, like just just dirt. That's all. That's all we are, and we we're animated by Satan uh, mm-hmm. to be certain things. And if you cleave yourself away from him, then you can return to the the state that you're normally in, and then somehow somehow you return to heaven. But I I, I need to understand that more. But that makes it does make sense to me when you say that about how um, the idea of how he sent his son to kind of pre-forgive us, to handle it, to make us realize that the original sin being passed down isn't ours to own, and that we just need to realize through him, through having our brother Jesus do that, that we're actually free. You know that that makes sense to me. I like that. Yeah, there needed to be a, a savior. There needed to be a true savior. I mean, you see how the will, if you give into the will, you need to get more of it. So if you're in some kind of addiction, you need to go to it more and more and more. Yeah. And at yeah. the opposite end is the is uh, is God. But you're you don't want to really and really it's um this this thing inside of people that's like, well, what I'm doing is wrong, but. I don't want to feel wrong, so I'm just going to do more of this wrong thing. Oh yeah. And the opposite end is is the true salvation is is really the the savior and you know you know who made it right to come back to God. Um, yeah. But it's not necessarily that you uh, you need to know Jesus outright um, in the beginning. You know what I mean? In, in other words, it will be yeah. revealed to you um, the more you think upon it. Um, it, it's not necessarily yeah. like you yeah. need to know Jesus, Jesus Christ had come and, and about his life. If you just examine um, just, I guess, the mechanics of how coming back to God can work, you see that Jesus is part of that equation. But yeah, no, I actually see what you mean, because uh, I was imagining like if the Christians don't go to the Muslim places and tell them they won't know. Oh, but like that. I, okay. I realized right. I realized I was wrong because because you're right, because we always talk about God comes. It's within and that wellspring can crop up in anybody at any time. And it goes back right. to that point as as you know thyself and you 
trust that intuition, you will, like what you just said, you will see that there has been that, that there's this space of savior that has happened to you. And that's how they would get to know him that way. You know, so it's like, just, just because, um, like Christians haven't been able to go into, I can't think of a country, Iran or something. Mm -hmm. And this person didn't know the Bible, um, and the specific, like you said, the specific life of him, that Mm -hmm. person could actually become saved because that savior has happened on this realm and they'd be close to him. You know, they, they may misinterpret certain things, but I think I actually, I agree with you on that then. That makes sense now. Huh? Yeah. Cause, uh, I think that's what the charismatic Christians kind of, uh, view everything as like, Oh, everybody needs to know about Jesus because, um, because if they don't, then they will be judged and on a judgment day, blah, blah, blah. But right, right, I think right. it's deeper than that. I think it kind of goes back to what you had said earlier, which is, um, it's not necessarily, um, uh, people knowing about Jesus, but is that even the right question to ask? Right. You know, like yep. is <clears throat> right. I hadn't even thought about this. This is. Right. I love this. No, this is good this because reason. yeah, this yeah. is. Uh, yeah, I mean, who who really talks about this? Because uh, most or, of the time, when you try to talk about this, immediately they go into like, you know, well, of course they burn in hell. <laughs> you know, like the the they you go into like you know robot answers, but. Right. Yeah, because it just didn't make sense. Like all of a sudden, all these people are condemned because they didn't know him. But in reality, they do know him. Just it just not in like the like what you said. This not in the way that the world tries to promote it, where we have to tell the uh, indigenous tribe of you know, the Guba Bubas, you know, because <laughs> um, if they don't know the name, then they die. You know? Right. It's well, like, well, like yeah. I said, I mean, if they if they can examine themselves and see that the will right. has them, the will that they've inherited from uh, the fall of man, you know, the original sin, that's when they can come to realize, like, oh, um, right, I, I really did need a savior uh, in order to stand in the path, and and because of that, that that's the only way I can be rectified and come back to God, mm. not necessarily. You know, oh, um, have you heard about Jesus Christ and the things that he did and, and all that? Right, right. Because um, it goes back to that point about how people go to a church to be saved. And so they want the preacher to save them. Um, we were just talking about this earlier about how uh, mm. they want to be the one to do the saving. And so it's similar where um, if I were to go there and try to tell them they need to know that thing, that's that's me acting like they need to know the words versus knowing and examining for themselves. It's, right. it's that, that same intuitions in everyone. I think that's the, that's the thing yes. I'm realizing. Yeah. And most people aren't listening. Right. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. It's, it's in everyone. Um, if you look at the, what the scripture says, it talks about how man was, uh, you know, if he were to eat of the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, he would surely die. Right. And and the and the death is just a separation from God, like not being directly connected, like how mm. um, God had intended that to happen. But um, interesting. Yeah, man, I totally lost my train of thought. 
Yeah, I same here. With that. <laughs> <laughs> I guess God said, enough on that topic. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. That's actually really, really helpful to understand. Um, it's that, that, it's that self-examination, you know, sci- scientific people, they call, you know, knowing or Socrates even said like, know thyself and an unexamined life is an, a life not worth living or something like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think absolutely. it's that whole point of just how you, trusting your intuition is this scary thing. Initially, you're just like, you're, you're right. trying to like trust it. Oh, I'm going to do this thing. Oh, I was wrong. You know? And it, um, it can blossom into this massive thing that you can just rely upon because it's within you. It's, it, it kind of just blows my mind that your intuition literally is God talking to you in the form of the Holy Spirit. And I still just can't get over that because I used to always try to be Mr. Um, uh, psychology, you know, Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud and all this other stuff. But once I realized it was one question was um, if I could choose the thoughts that I want to that I could if I could choose the thoughts that I want to think, would I choose the thoughts that I'm currently thinking? You know, and then the other one is just realizing the intuition is actually not me, but something else that is kind of guiding me. Those two realizations alone just made my life uh, just realize how amazing it is. You know, and that's that's all it. Not saying that's all it took. It took the forgiveness, realizing I'm wrong, the judge, realizing that of myself I can do nothing, right? right? And I realized, like you said, Jesus was the savior, and something had come here to save me, which right. I'm so. That was it. Well, know? I think that in a, in a way, it kind of is all you need, right? Because it leads you down that path to to come to those other realizations as well. Yeah, it's not this uh, complex thing of you know, okay, go to church four times a month and make sure you do this percentage of time. Make sure you tithe. Yeah. <laughs> but 7% pretty good. 10% mm, 20%. That's when you know you're good. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, it's this, now that it's so obvious to us, it's so simple. Um, any, that the best part about it too, is anyone can do it. You know, this isn't limited just to a certain race or color or uh, financial class. I think right. that's one of the things I like about it too is our what we talk about is accessible right now. You know, people can go and forgive right now. They can doubt every thought right now. They can sit quietly in the silent prayer, you know, morning and night. Th- these aren't things that are uh, requiring ten levels of a uh, <laughs> you know a pyramid scheme to be able to know the truth. Right. It's it, it's here right now. Like that's unbelievable. Yeah, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. It is at hand. And that's what Jesus said. (laughs) (laughs) Mark 16, 4. (laughs) This has been great, man. Um, Man, we talked about so many random things. Anything else that kind of came to your mind today that we we didn't cover yet? No, I think we're, I think we're. I think we covered whatever we needed to cover. <laughs> I think God God has guided us properly today. So so everybody, if you enjoy the podcast, you know, give it a thumbs up, like all the usual stuff and uh thanks for listening, you know. And I guess we'll do another one uh next week and as as we say, doubt every thought, know thyself by doing a silent prayer, just silent prayer. Um there's a lot of different types. Just search it online for Roy Masters. He has a really good one. And then um eventually you can do it on your own. And Let's see, doubting every thought, forgive your parents, know thyself. That's it. Well, cool. 
Thanks for the podcast, Jacob. I really like this one. I thought this was a... It's, it's so interesting how we don't plan this and it turns into something that is so... Um, so amazing. So, so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I like how we're judging our podcast. <laughs> Alrighty, everybody. That's it for me. How about you, Jacob? Anything else for anyone? No, that's it. Come back to God and live from, live from within. Come back to God, live from within. And tune again. Tune again on the Die Without Podcast. Take care, guys. Bye-bye. Yeah, that was a really uh, fascinating discussion. That was like... Because these are things that I...